Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode features three pieces that are different in form, structure, and rhythm, but each of them takes a detour from the predictable road ahead and navigates new possibilities for the future, for life as it is and as it could be. This first one features a quite literal title, and is a 2021 Best Microfiction winner. It's called On Hesitation. It was written by Taylor Bias and published by Perhappen Mag. Enjoy. On Hesitation. I wished I'd let you drive as the sky closed the lid on things. The headlights on the other side of the highway blurred to orbs as fuzzy as dandelions, my sight failing in the dark. But I was in a groove, wasn't ready to stop again before we crossed the next state line. So when you spotted a barn, a black stamp licked and pressed against the midnight blue, I stopped you before you even began. We don't have time for adventures. But this pattern continued, you straightening at each sighting of wood rot, at every front barn door cracked open like a knife wound. Soon, I tired of the cornfields, their sameness, the vanity with which they continued to spawn the self. So I indulged you, abandoned the highways smooth to spit gravel in the wake of your jeep. When we pulled up to this barn, you dated its abandonment. At least 10, 15 years, because of the smile of the roof. The wind breezing through the barn's gut, its catcall whistle, and both sets of doors blown open. Your pulse two-stepped during our silent watching, and I thought you were turned on by this somehow. And my God, you were. Let's go in, find some hay like in the movies. And what of the pessimist in me? betting on the rustic charm of disarray as a trap, some chainsaw-wielding killer eyeing us from the cyclops' window. Even you could go rogue, one bite of me giving way to another, then another. But you've gotten out of the car now, come around and opened my door. 
We'll laugh about this years from now. Your hand in the dark, not how I've always remembered it. Taylor Bias is a black poet and essayist and the author of the chapbook Blood Warm, forthcoming from Variant Lit this summer. You can find her on Twitter at TaylorBias3, on Instagram at TaylorBiasPoet, or on her website at TaylorBias.com. This next one is a moving piece focused on shared experience in a relationship. It's called My Husband Bought Me a River. It was written by Maleva Anastasiadu and published by Lost Balloon on January 13th, 2021. Enjoy. My husband bought a river, but now he's drowning. He bought that river for me. He wanted to feel my pain, to know me better, he claims, but he's on the verge of falling apart, because he can't handle water, not like I do. He used to be calm, composed. I was the wreck up until now, and he'd do his best to keep us together. He was the glue that kept the edifice standing. Collapse is the new normal, and the glue can't do much now, now that the ship we've been sailing on is falling to pieces. In fact, he wished to show me how good he can be, an expert at everything. He wanted it all. But now he has nothing. Husband holds on to me like I'm his anchor, an anchor buried deep in the waters that drown him. He's not familiar with waters that run deep. He's dead frightened, shouting and yelling, but I can't hear him. I've been drowning for long. I'm used to drowning, to endings, to danger. He's been hopeful for long, afloat, but he can't buy safety. He can't swim now, now that the river is his to handle. He's been the optimist, the joyful, the happy one. But now he's desperate. Remember the angst, the panic attacks, impeding doom knocking at the door for no apparent reason. Now there is a reason, I tell him. Now fear is justified. Justified fear is less frightening. It lessens anxiety, makes sense, soothes a pain. Blessed are those who can breathe underwater, who walk proudly in chaos, and all is back to normal, my kind of normal, now that the earth does not feel like home, now that we're both drowning and life is beautifully terrifying. Eva Anastasiadou is a neurologist from Athens, Greece, and a Pushcart Best of the Net, Best Microfiction, and Best Small Fictions nominated writer, whose work can be found in many journals, such as Litro, Had, Ruminate, Lost Balloon, X-Ray, and others. You can find her on Twitter at HappyMill underscore, on Instagram at HappyLander, or on Facebook at Maleva Anastasiadou. Our final piece is a rhythmic exploration on what it could mean to subvert an expectation, to choose an alternative to the status quo, and the impact of expectation on our identity, self-worth, 
and our relationships. It's called Handshakes. It was written by Kyle Guante Tranmyrie and appears in his book titled A Love Song, A Death Rattle, A Battle Cry, which was published by Button Poetry. Please enjoy. called Handshakes, although the alternate title is On Letting Go. The weirdest thing about having your hand crushed is that the pair of eyes across from yours never stop smiling as knuckles are compressed, as the skin is all but torn off the top of your hand. He always has this grin on his face. Even as the vein bulges from his neck, he smiles until you grudgingly mumble, that's quite a handshake and he releases you. See, as a young man, I was taught that one's masculinity is tied directly to one's handshake, right? That when meeting another man for the first time, no sin was more unforgivable than placing a fish in his hand, the dead husk of a greeting. Your grip must be firm, like the way you hold your briefcase when you walk to work, or the way you, you know, hold the handle while standing up on the bus. Fine. Some men, however, prefer a grip like a battle axe mid-swing, like ripping the head off an antelope by tugging on the antlers. Some men treat every handshake like a gladiator's death match, a test of strength, a test of will. And when I meet these men, as I weirdly often do, their tectonic plate handshakes never fail to illuminate my myriad insecurities. Frozen there with purple fingertips, I'm reminded of the fact that I cannot stand the taste of beer, that cars confuse and frighten me, that I always skip leg day at the gym, that when faced with a barbecue and a pair of tongs, I am going to overcook the meat every time these men attempt to squeeze the testosterone from my body. And yeah, maybe I'm just insecure. But studying his smirk more closely, I wonder if maybe that would make two of us, because as he wrings the color from my fingertips, I find myself wanting to ask him, do you ever feel trapped? In the mornings when you're watching TV and happily downing that protein shake made of raw eggs and liquefied steak and Axe body spray, do you ever crush the glass between your fingers? Do you ever get tired of the voice in the back of your head? You know, the one that sounds just like Dennis Leary telling you to constantly reaffirm that you are a real man by catcalling women and eating enormous hamburgers and getting into physical altercations over trivial nonsense and... I don't know, squeezing things really, really hard. I find myself wanting to ask him, do you hold your wife's arm like this when you're angry with her? Is there a teddy bear somewhere in your history being ripped away from a pair of hands that just aren't strong enough? Do you remember the first time your father wouldn't let you hold his hand when you crossed the street? Do you remember the way he looked at you? Do you remember being handed your firstborn son and not knowing how to hold him? Do you remember squeezing his shoulders like this the first time he disappointed you? Do you remember what it was you were trying to hold on to? And I know that there's just so much space between us as men. That sometimes we feel compelled to cram as much contact as we physically can into every touch. I know. 
We've become so comfortable with crushing, so hypnotized by our own strength, we forget how incredible it can feel to let go. Kyle Guante Tran Myrie is a poet, activist, and educator based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find him on Twitter at El Guante, on Instagram at Guante Solo, or on his website at guante.info. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Original music is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and check out some of our other episodes featuring incredible writers from different genres. You can also always find our shows at micropodcast.org and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening.